you pursuing a natural lifestyle for yourself and your family? Are you concerned about the standard American diet and options available for healthcare? Are you curious about herbs for health or already practice home herbalism? You've come to the right place. My mom, Naomi Kilbrick, is a Christian clinical herbalist and owner of Lower Chi Wellness. She teaches simple ways to live in a more healthy way and to work with plants to promote and restore health. Welcome to the Family Herbalism Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Family Herbalism Podcast. All right, if you guys read the email that I sent out this morning, you'll already know that I have some exciting news to share. If you have not read the email or you're not part of the email, you can make sure that you're on that list to get important updates about what's going on by going to the website at laureltreewellnessllc.com and entering your email address at the bottom of the front page or by downloading any of my free PDFs. So what could this good news be? Well, it just so happens that last weekend, the podcast had reached over 5,000 plays. That means that over 5,000 times the podcast episodes on the Family Herbalism podcast have been listened to, which is just amazing. I'm so excited that we have gotten to this point where we've been able to reach so many people and we've got a lot of new listeners, which is really exciting. And in fact, actually, since last weekend, we've increased uh, and had over 200 more people or 200 more listens and plays since that point. So just really cool, very exciting. I'm encouraged. I get messages from you guys hearing back about how it's been blessing you, and I really appreciate all of you reaching out and leaving your reviews on the uh, podcast apps and just hearing how much it has blessed you. And today, I'm going to be sharing something with you that I know is going to bless you because this is something that has made a big difference in my own family's healthcare and has really improved my ability to be able to take care of my kids and my family from home. And so I promised that I would tell you about some of my favorite uh, home remedies that do not include herbs, vitamins, over-the-counter meds, or standard supplements. And believe it or not, I actually started with over 20 different items, but I thought I really need to narrow this down. So I chose the six that I use the most often, and these address a wide variety of common immediate concerns, whether you have young children or you are elderly. And so I'm going to be sharing about these, some of the science behind them, how to work with them, and my personal experience. So I'm curious to see if you have any guesses about what some of these remedies might be. So go ahead and start thinking about what remedies you think you should keep on hand. Um, If you have any guesses or you have any ideas that I have not mentioned in this podcast, I would love to hear back from you and get your feedback. And you can email me anytime at laureltreewellness at gmail.com. All right, so these six items. The first one is apple cider vinegar. And next up, we have activated charcoal, followed by lemon juice, Epsom salt, honey, and olive oil. 
All right, so these are really common things. Some of them might be part of your pantry already, and I hope that uh, by the time that you listen to this whole podcast, if they are not in your pantry, you will be adding them to your grocery list because I'm quite sure you will want to after you hear about all the amazing things that they can do. So let's start with apple cider vinegar. So apple cider vinegar has actually been used as a medicinal remedy since Hippocrates and probably before him, but he wrote about it in his um, in his research and in his findings, he shared that apple cider vinegar has a lot of different uses. So what is the difference between apple cider vinegar and other types of vinegar? Well, this vinegar is made by exposing crushed apples to yeast. It starts a fermentation process that turns the apple sugar into alcohol. And then in the next step, they add some bacteria, which continues the fermenting process and turns the alcohol into acetic acid, which is what some scientists consider to be the active medicinal ingredient. By the time that the product is complete, it contains about 5 to 6% of acetic acid. When apple cider vinegar is not filtered, so this is the good stuff, you really want to make sure you get unfiltered apple cider vinegar. It will also contain what is called the mother. And the mother is that uh, filmy sort of um, cloud-like material in the bottom of the bottle when you get it at the grocery store. And it contains some really great proteins, enzymes, and helpful bacteria. And some brands also contain amino acids and antioxidants. So there are a lot of studies out there showing a wide variety of benefits to using apple cider vinegar on a regular basis, but also uh, I keep it on hand not just because it can be helpful for prevention or treatment of many chronic conditions. It's also an important component of many natural-based first aid and acute illness remedies, including my strep throat protocol. So this is one you will want to write down. This is actually something that I keep in my little box of remedies. My I have index cards that I keep with remedies for different conditions so I can look up. I actually have them alphabetized because it's not just for me, it's for my clients. I have the different conditions and situations alphabetized so I can look up strep throat and get out my recipe. So for this protocol, I have a few different components to it, but one of them is making this, this mixture that you drink two to three times a day. So in a glass of water, you add three teaspoons of apple cider vinegar and make sure you shake it up or just gently shake it before you pour it so you'll get a little bit of that mother in there and a teaspoon of honey and, and a teaspoon of lemon juice. And so it's mostly apple cider vinegar, but a little bit of honey and lemon juice, which I've already mentioned are in this list as well. So if you have these three ingredients, you'll be able to make this treatment for strep throat. And of course, I add other vitamins and things as well. Another anecdotal and researched, uh, other anecdotal and research, researched benefits include using apple cider vinegar for disinfecting wounds, clearing acne, and resolving nail fungus. It can also be used for treating vaginal infections, including candida, warts, ear infections, conjunctivitis, folliculitis, UTIs, and dry skin and eczema. So I have used it for conjunctivitis. I will dilute it and then apply it around the orbit of the eye. And you can actually feel right away the, the junk that's in the eye 
literally starts to congeal and it feels kind of gritty and then you cry and it and it releases that uh, junk and clears it up really really fast. The reason that it's good for dry skin and eczema is because the skin is naturally slightly acidic just like the vinegar and so eczema and dry skin and other conditions are often a result of an alkaline condition and so by adding something that's slightly acidic you bring that uh, skin environment back to its natural pH level and can resolve some of those uh, skin conditions. I've personally used it in a recipe I also created to treat lice which worked really well and so I have a recipe for that. It's also been found to inhibit the growth of E. coli and balances blood sugar by increasing insulin sensitivity. It also treats varicose veins and reduces blood pressure and LDL cholesterol and triglycerides. In one study, it was found to increase satiety in people to the point that after consumption, they ate 200 to 275 fewer calories a day. To get apple cider vinegar in your diet, you can add it to your foods or you can take, uh, you can take some diluted in water and just drink it. It's probably better to start with a lower dose, like one or two teaspoons and do that once or twice a day. But you can increase up to two, maybe three tablespoons, uh, but start small because it can agitate uh, the stomach a little bit if you're not used to that. And you can also apply it topically, but make sure it's diluted because if you apply it straight, then it can irritate the skin. So there are lots of other benefits, but as you can see, it works really well for short-term conditions. And so I keep that on hand. We personally use the, the Bragg's brand. It's a really good quality um, apple cider vinegar, but you may find something in your area that works better for you. Number two is activated charcoal. So this is not the charcoal that you put in your grill, although it may come from the same source. Charcoal comes from coal or wood and is combined with oxygen at a very high temperature to create activated charcoal. As a result of this process, combining the oxygen with the very high temperatures, it actually increases the surface area of the charcoal and makes micropores with a negative electrical charge that becomes highly absorbent of substances with a positive charge, which includes toxins and gases. You can buy it in capsule, tablet, or powder form. It is not generally used as an everyday supplement, and some people have suggested that using it on a regular basis can potentially have side effects, but as a short-term solution for things, it works really well. Um, because it is highly absorbent, I should advise you that you should not take it alongside any medications or herbs, at least within a couple of hours of taking those things because it can decrease their effectiveness. Activated charcoal, interestingly, is not absorbed by your gut at all. It actually passes through and attracts substances to it in a process called adsorbing, A-D-sorbing, uh, which includes the toxins and gas and passes them through your gut in your stool. One study showed that taking 50 to 100 grams of activated charcoal within five minutes of a drug reduces its absorption in the gut by up to 74%. Medical clinics actually use it as part of a poisoning or overdose treatment. 
They give one large dose of powdered activated charcoal in water, either drunk or they will put a tube down the esophagus into the stomach if the person is unconscious or unable to swallow well, and they will administer it that way. And then they will follow it up with several smaller doses over the course of several hours. Because its ability to remove toxins and gas from inside the body, it has been found to be useful in cases of external infection and inflammation, conjunctivitis, I've seen that work well, bacterial imbalances, diarrhea, including traveler's diarrhea. If you're not familiar with this, it often occurs when you travel to an unfamiliar location and you drink water from that area. All water contains small uh, microbes and um, different bacteria. And so our bodies are well adjusted to the water that is in our, our own area usually. But when you travel somewhere else and you drink water from that area, you are exposing yourself to other types of bacteria and this can cause indigestion and diarrhea. And so activated charcoal, taking capsules of that can help to relieve those symptoms and help your body to adjust to the new water. And also because of the bacterial imbalances, it has been used to address E. coli infections. It also can help to uh, dissolve kidney stones. It can help to prevent and treat hangovers. For those who have Lyme disease, it can help to minimize Herxheimer reactions. Because of the gas effect, it helps with hiccups. And it also has been studied to uh, help reduce heavy metal toxicity. So if you're detoxing from heavy metals, it may be a helpful part of a plan for that. IBS, indigestion, and even high cholesterol. It's also used in food or other types of poisoning. And I can tell you from personal experience with food poisoning, this stuff works well. So in mild cases, just taking two to four capsules can make a big difference in upset stomach, uh, even where food didn't sit well, even if it's not true food poisoning. If you ate a big steak and it is just sitting and fermenting in your stomach or you're having some cramps and nausea, that can make a big difference in your comfort level. But if you are experiencing actual major poisoning, what you would do is put a quarter cup of activated charcoal in a glass of water and drink the whole thing and then seek medical attention as soon as possible. For most people, that's not uh, the reason that they need it, but because it works so well that way, it's definitely a good thing to have in your uh, pantry for home remedies. Number three is lemon juice. So lemons are technically a food and are considered an herbal remedy by some, but I included it here because it is a common household ingredient that can be very useful. Lemon juice is loaded with nutrients like vitamin C, calcium, potassium, folate, uh, the fiber called pectin, some B vitamins, and antioxidant flavonoids, alpha hydroxyl acids. Uh, there are, again, lots of great long-term benefits of incorporating lemons and lemon juice into your diet, as there are other citruses, but they can also be used as part of a short-term protocol for illness or injuries. I believe I mentioned in the pregnancy or uh, uh, the pregnancy podcast about herbs that are safe for pregnancy that lemon was very helpful to me when my fingers would swell up because it helps to keep fluids in their proper places. 
It can be diluted in water and drank hot or cold or applied to the skin. So for example, citrate, which is the form of vitamin C, binds to calcium, which means that when you have that in your diet, when you drink the lemon juice, it actually helps the kidneys, uh, keeps the kidneys from forming stones and can actually help to dissolve them. So someone who is experiencing uh, pain from kidney stones can drink some lemon juice as part of a plan to help resolve that. Lemon juice can be gargled and swallowed for a sore throat or mucus in the lungs that is preventing clear breathing during respiratory infections. If you've ever had a cold where there's just a lot of that mucus being uh, processed through your nasal cavities, through your throat, um, it can be very frustrating, especially if you're trying to sleep and lemon juice actually helps to dissolve that so that you can breathe more easily. It can also be used as part of a facial cleanser or dandruff rinse. It can be combined with iron-rich foods to increase the absorption in cases of anemia or blood loss. This is true for any food that is rich in vitamin C. Oranges are another popular one, but lemon juice or other vitamin C-rich foods eaten alongside those with iron is a really great way to maximize the nutrients that are in your food. Lemon juice also helps to balance blood sugar, corrects constipation, and can be used as part of my strep throat remedy, as I described earlier. Because it supports liver and kidney function, it also helps to reduce edema and is considered a diuretic. Interestingly, I found, and this was a surprise, I didn't expect it, um, it can help to clear the mind, helping to increase focus and concentration. So I had previously thought that it would be most effective in essential oil form or maybe tea form for that purpose, but apparently it has been found that drinking the juice does the same thing. And it can even help with bad breath. As part of a long-term plan, lemon juice's fiber reduces the risk of cancer, it increases satiety, which means it helps to prevent weight gain, and it aids with proper blood flow, helping to reduce the risk of blood clots and hypertension. And this is all proven scientifically. Also, you can find lots of great studies just by doing a quick Google search. My favorite use for lemon juice is as a crucial part of my rehydration formula. So when someone in my family is sick and I'm concerned about how much fluids they are losing, I will add one tablespoon of lemon juice, a quarter teaspoon of baking soda, two tablespoons of honey, and half a teaspoon of salt to a quart of water, shake it up, and then have them sip on it. It acts as an oral IV, which draws the water into the bloodstream quickly so that even if they throw up or continue to experience diarrhea, more water will have made it into the tissues as a result. And because of that, I've also seen that it helps to improve the energy level of those who are sick because they're really getting uh, those nutrients that they need. And also, of course, each of those components like the lemon juice and the honey, they offer their own nutritional benefits, uh, extra vitamins and minerals that can help with energy when you're sick as well. Not the best tasting, but it is definitely worth it. Number four is Epsom salt. So Epsom salt is not the salt that you put on your food. It is technically called magnesium sulfate, but we refer to it as salt because it has a similar chemical structure to table salt. And it is called Epsom after the town where it was discovered about 400 years ago. It tastes much more bitter than table salt 
and when it is soaked in water, it breaks down into magnesium and sulfate ions. Some people are sensitive to sulfate, and uh, especially those who have histamine issues, and so it may be better for them to use straight magnesium flakes as an alternative. Uh, both offer some really great health benefits. Because Epsom salts are rich in magnesium, it helps in many situations where magnesium is helpful, such as insomnia, stress, muscle and joint stiffness, swelling and pain, uh, bone and nerve pain, sprains, tension headaches, tired and swollen feet, and skin conditions like psoriasis and mild sunburns. It can even be used as part of a plan for ovarian cysts and detoxification. So some simple ways that you can work with Epsom salt include putting one or two cups in a bathtub of nice warm or hot water, or about a quarter cup in a foot bath, or as a compress. So you might put some, uh, some Epsom salt and hot water in a small bowl and then dip a washcloth in, squeeze it out, and then put the washcloth over the face for tension headaches or over the neck. Some people do add essential oils or whole herbs to the water that has the Epsom salt in it. Uh, you can even make some blends ahead of time by mixing those things into the Epsom salt in a mason jar and keeping it nice and closed so that the Epsom salt will absorb some of the benefits from the herbs, but that is not necessary to get the benefits from the Epsom salt. Number five is honey. Honey, which is, of course, made by bees using nectar from flowers. Uh, there are about 320 varieties, including raw and pasteurized, but they all contain about 80% sugar, as well as amino acids, vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. Honey is an excellent remedy to have on hand as part of a first aid kit. Uh, those studies have confirmed it. People have found for a very long time that it has many uses. And I found some of these studies really interesting. So I'm just going to give you a really you know, quick sneak peek on what some of those involve. So a 2014 study found it to be just as effective as antibiotics for infections. A 2012 and a 2014 study found it to be more effective than over-the-counter meds for children's coughs. A 2015 study found it to be effective at healing burns. A 2017 study found it prevents the upward flow of stomach acid. And another 2017 study found a protein in honey that promotes wound healing. So we've used honey for quite a few years, really since I started having children, and I have found it to be very useful. One of the first major events that happened where honey became one of my favorite remedies was when one of my kids at two years old got a pretty severe burn on one hand and uh, it was a second to third degree burn and I really wasn't interested in going through the the process at the emergency room with and just being sent home with a cream that I could easily make myself. So I created a timeline for myself of progress that I wanted to see happen and I used a combination of herbal remedies and it ended up turning out really well. Uh, within a short time he was playing as normal and um, his skin healed right up and there are there were no scars left behind. But one of the primary things that we used was honey and I actually for the first couple of days literally coated his hand with honey and then wrapped the whole thing 
uh, with gauze and then saran wrap to keep the stickiness located around his hand. And so that was very soothing, helped with the pain, and also helped to heal his hand very quickly. And because it's antibiotic, it meant that it kept it from developing any kind of infection. And then recent, very recently, this week, I had a child with an infection in their finger. And so I made a gauze compress of garlic oil and then put honey on top of it and wrapped it around his finger and the infection that was there and the swelling went away uh, pretty quickly actually and so is no longer really an issue at all. Um, and so we found that that dealt with the infection and helped to heal it up really quickly. Um, we've used it for a lot of different things, sore throats, you know, um, coughs, a lot of different, uh, a lot of different issues. Studies also suggest that it is helpful for heart, gut, eye, skin, pancreatic, nervous system, and immune system health. It's also been found to be helpful at addressing seasonal allergies. This is because sometimes our bodies need to uh, have a small amount of an allergen in order to um, develop a a helpful immune response and so because the honey is coming from the plants or is has a concentrated mild form of this plant it helps to build our body's resistance to uh, these allergens and seasonal allergies it's also been found to be helpful for bad breath hangovers teething in babies over a year old stomach ulcers insomnia and candida the reason that it's helpful for insomnia at some at some in some cases I should say is actually really interesting and it has to do with how quickly blood sugar it changes in the body. And so of course honey is mostly sugar, but it is a very slow releasing process compared to table sugar or other forms of sugar. And so sometimes insomnia is actually caused by sudden changes in blood sugar. And by slowly changing the level, it actually helps us to sleep deeper uh, and be have fewer interruptions to our sleep cycles. And so if you're dealing with insomnia, that's something you can try, uh, either just having a spoonful of honey before bed or mixing it into a nice cup of tea. I have used it as part of numerous remedy combinations. It is strongly anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antifungal, antioxidant, and antiviral. I even have a friend who actually used honey to dissolve a cataract. She was under the supervision of her eye doctor. She had been told by her doctor that she would need to have surgery, but then she heard from another friend who had had cataracts that they had dissolved it with honey, and so she tried it herself and was able to return to the eye doctor and confirm that the cataract was gone. One recipe you can put honey into is this blend for a yeast infection. So you would mix two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, one tablespoon of plain yogurt, one drop of tea tree oil if you have it, and one teaspoon of honey. Mix it together really well. You can either use it to wipe the vaginal area directly after bathroom use, insert it with a tampon applicator, or dilute it with a quarter cup of tea and use a douche kit to apply it directly to the source. Uh, so that can be really helpful for some people in some cases. All right, and finally we have olive oil. 
so <laughs> this olive oil is extracted from olives and it is rich in omega-3 and 6 acids which are really helpful for nervous system health but mostly it is loaded with monounsaturated oleic acid which is strongly anti-inflammatory and antioxidant and helps to prevent many chronic illnesses by reducing the chemical markers that draw inflammation to cellular sites. And this has been heavily researched. It's also rich in vitamin E and K and the antioxidant oleocanthal. Not sure how to pronounce that exactly, but oleocanthal. A study on this particular compound found that when you mix three and a half tablespoons of olive, uh, when you use three and a half tablespoons of olive olive oil and take that internally, it is just as effective as a 10% dose of the adult dose of ibuprofen for inflammation. So you would have to use significantly more in order to get the exact equal you know dose of ibuprofen. But if you have that in your diet regularly, you're going to experience. Uh, a decrease in chronic inflammation. And I do really appreciate all the long-term benefits of olive oil, which suggests that you should definitely make olive oil a part of your diet. Uh, you know, studies show that it fights cancer cells, protects liver function. It even reduces symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis. It significantly reduces the risk of type 2 diabetes and significantly protects against heart disease, stroke, and blood clots. It also has been found to contribute to weight loss. Even though it is all fat, instead of adding to weight gain, it actually has been found in multiple studies to uh, be an important part of losing weight. And it destroys the beta amyloid plaques that are inside the brain cells that contribute to Alzheimer's disease. Some studies have even found that olive oil is as effective or more effective at killing bacteria than antibiotics, especially those found in the stomach, so bacterial infections in the gut. But on a short-term basis, olive oil is wonderful at treating mouth sores, dry or wounded skin, and ear infections. It also serves as a wonderful carrier for other herbs or essential oils. In addition to being a part of many of my pre-made remedies, I will also infuse fresh garlic into it to use for ear infections, which works really, really well. All you do is chop up some fresh garlic, like maybe two cloves, let it sit on the cutting board for about 15 minutes, and then put it into uh, maybe two to three tablespoons of um, olive oil and just warm it on the stove. You don't want to cook the garlic and turn it brown. You just want to warm it for another 15 or 20 minutes and then you turn the heat off, let it cool down to room temperature, strain out the garlic and as soon as it's cool enough you put just a couple drops in the ear of the person with the infection and uh, make sure that it can stay in the ear for at least five minutes Within a very short period of time, the pain is reduced and I've only had to use one or two treatments for a person before the pain and the infection are completely gone. And then of course, in some cases, I've used uh, the garlic oil for infections like the uh, finger story that I shared earlier where um, I applied that with honey directly to the finger infection. Um, and so this is definitely something that I would suggest keeping on hand and actually just 
cooking with it. I mean, really vegetable oil is terrible for you. It's really bad for your liver, uh, really bad for your brain, um, all kinds of problems with just ve plain vegetable oil, which is usually corn or canola and olive oil is much, much better. So, uh, there are also some great other great oils like sesame has some medicinal benefits. Avocado has some medicinal benefits. So if you are looking at uh, changing up some basic items in your pantry, definitely start working on the oils. All right, so that is olive oil, honey, Epsom salt, lemon juice, activated charcoal, and apple cider vinegar. If you have a favorite home remedy that you would like to share about, definitely send me an email. Or if you have a podcast idea, I would love to hear it. And I hope you are well. I look forward to touching base with you and definitely will be here next week. See you later. The Family Herbalism Podcast is created for educational purposes only. You are responsible for any and all medical and health decisions you choose to make. If you experience a medical emergency, please contact appropriate medical providers. To receive herbalist support, please visit www.laureltreewellnessllc.com. If you enjoy this podcast and find it helpful, please share it with your friends and family. Thank you for listening.